0: broadcasting live from atlanta georgia it's time for top docs radio brought to you by women's telehealth whose mission is to bring scarce high-risk maternal fetal medicine services to patients and referring obstetricians in their own community urban or rural visit womenstelehealth.com for more information now here are your hosts tanya mack and cw hall casting live from atlanta georgia it's time for top docs radio brought to you by women's telehealth whose mission is to bring scarce high-risk maternal fetal medicine services to patients and referring obstetricians in their own community urban or rural visit womenstelehealth.com for more information now here are your hosts tanya mack and cw hall our last show of the year.
1: Yes. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to the listeners (laughs) and to you. It's hard to believe it's been, uh, gosh, since spring, since we started this. That's
0: right. And always had great guests in the studio. Talk about what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah.
1: Today, our topic is very timely. We're going to be talking about centering pregnancy, which is kind of a model for group antenatal care. And as our guest today, we have Anna Cherry, who is a certified nurse midwife from Providence Women's Health Care. Let me tell you a little bit about centering pregnancy, and then I'll introduce Anna to you. So, you know, educating pregnant women in groups is not new because childbirth classes have been around forever. Um, however, new models of group pregnancy care are coming out that combine health assessment, learning, and actual group support. So women are due in the same month or around the same time, kind of come together in small groups, get their antenatal assessment, and then actually kind of hang around and get educated and support each other. We're going to learn a lot more about that from Anna, Um, but it's kind of taken off. So Um, Right now, we have over 450 sites in the United States doing this and 45 states offering centering pregnancy programs. And you have to kind of be trained. So we're going to hear about her path and kind of the path of her practice and um, trying and continuing this new model of care. So let me introduce Anna. Anna, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yes, and especially thank you for coming. I just learned prior to coming on air that you just got off call. So I did. I delivered some out babies out yes, last there's night. A, there's a big gap out there. We'll wake her up and she can kind of get back <laughs> to the conversation. But thanks for being here. So Anna got her bachelor's um, in sociology from the University of Illinois and then went back to get her bachelor's in nursing at Georgia State. She graduated uh, from her master's in nursing program at Georgetown University in DC and has been with her uh, Providence Women's Healthcare Company for about the past year. And let me tell you a little bit about Providence. Providence Women's Healthcare has three locations in Georgia Roswell, Johns Creek, and Dunwoody. Their main obstetrician is Dr. Shelley Dunson Allen. They provide OB and GYN services. um, And today they have four nurse midwives working in the practice, two that deliver babies in the practice. So welcome, Anna. Thank you. All right. Well, let's start off at the very beginning. Can you just kind of tell us how centering pregnancy, uh, antenatal care, and that whole process kind of got started here in the United States, and uh, what you had to do to kind of get active in this model. Absolutely. So group prenatal care first began in the 1970s. There was a group
2: of midwives and pediatric nurse practitioners um, with the University of um, Minnesota that developed a group model. Um, it was a little different than the model that we use with centering because women came to the groups um just for their, their final, the third trimester. And then they did three months of postpartum in the groups. Um, that went really well. The patients and the providers, it had great satisfaction rates. And so from there, there was a certified nurse midwife, Sharon Rising, that in 1993 developed the Centering Pregnancy Model. Um, and from there, it has grown into Centering Parenting. They now do Centering Diabetes classes, Um Uh, It has a nonprofit that's associated with it, the Centering Healthcare Institute. Um, It's grown. So uh, I think there's 450 um, practices in the United States that use it um, and over 50,000 women last year alone that were a part of Centering Pregnancy. So um, it's come pretty far in the last couple decades. So,
1: has the model kind of been split? Like, pre-delivery is centering pregnancy, and post-delivery is centering parenting. Yeah. So, okay.
2: so actually, so at our practice, we don't do centering parenting. But a lot of times, practices that do, they will just um, the 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 patients that they have in centering pregnancy will then graduate into the centering parenting. Um, classes and they work with uh, either pediatric nurse practitioners or pediatricians um, to continue that model.
1: Okay. And how did you find your way? What do you have to do? Do you have to have special certification? So, yeah. So, I had to go to um, a, a retreat,
2: a three-day retreat to learn all about centering um, and um, understand the
1: model and the rules um, and then had to take a test at the end. And then is it something that... Um, like can any OB practice do it or do you have to be credentialed to do it? So you do, you have to actually, um, you have to apply through the Centering Healthcare Institute.
2: Um, you have to meet certain qualifications. Um, there are fees, annual fees that you have to pay every year. Um, a large part of Centering, um, something that they do really well is they collect data. So there's a lot of great research that's come out of Centering. Um, so part of, um, part of doing centering is that you do have to agree to do a, a little bit of paperwork both
1: before and then during the program. Kind of helps the model be sustainable. We'll yes. talk a little bit more about that. That's good news. So let's just talk about um, a beginning, a woman beginning, finding out she's pregnant. This is a model like in your practice that's available. How do you, as a midwife, are there criteria, inclusion or exclusion, to help you decide who is a candidate?
2: Um, so for us, really any woman that wants to be in it, um, we welcome her into it. You know, childbirth classes can be quite expensive for people to pay for on their own. We, we had patients that were paying, you know, 300, $500 for these different types of classes. And so it's so nice for us to be able to offer this, um, to patients, to be able to come and be a part of this group. And it's, you know, just part of their prenatal care, um, for folks that are a little bit higher risk, um, they might come a little more often. Um, so outside of the groups that we do, they might come and see a provider in between those sessions. Um, but the main criteria is just be respectful of other people in the groups, and then you need to participate. So a large part of the groups is that it's, it's not a lecture. It's not a class. You don't come and have the midwife or the doctor tell you this is how your pregnancy is going to be. A lot of the knowledge comes from other women in the class. We've had pregnancies before
1: and, you know, women really work through their issues with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I can imagine one of the big advantages. So tell us what a typical group is like in terms of how many people, they, it sounds like they still come once a month, like on, they do they come on their regular antenatal schedule, mm-hmm. like once a month up until like the seventh month and then every other, kind of what is the schedule and what is a group like? yeah. So typically there are 8 to
2: 12 women um, in each group, and they're usually about the same gestational age. So the way that we do our groups is everyone that's due in May, they come on Mondays from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Everybody that's due in February, they come on Tuesday afternoons. Um, In the Centering model, groups usually start between 12 and 16 weeks, um, and then they'll meet every four weeks for the first four visits, and then every two weeks for the final six visits. So there are 10 groups total. Um, And our practice, we found that it works better for us to start a little bit later in the pregnancy um, and then have folks come every two weeks. Um, And that's something that is kind of nice for the model. So there, if there are things that work better for your practice, you can kind of you know, work with it to make it work a little bit better for you. So
1: why is it that you guys decided to delay it maybe as long as 16 weeks? What made it work better?
2: So honestly, one of the biggest challenges that we have faced with centering is recruitment. So there are a a lot of times we'll have people transfer into our practice, you know, maybe at 20 to 28 weeks um, or, you know, folks that might not be interested in the beginning, but then as they're looking, you know, further on in their practice, uh, in, in their pregnancy, they're looking into classes, they're seeing how expensive they are. And so we found that if we started that first group at 12 to 16 weeks, oftentimes we would maybe have only one or two people come to those groups. Um, And and that's just not sustainable. So, you know, in order to have a good discussion, you need to have, you know, at least six women. Um, Oftentimes their partners will come too, which is great but at least six that are coming week to week. Um, so a big part of centering is that you build the support group. Um, and so these women develop these relationships with each other. So so to have that, it, it, it's really critical.
1: So you brought up a good point. So um, if I if I kind of start my pregnancy and I'm not too sure, especially first time moms that have never been pregnant before, can I join a group a little later? Like I heard you talk about mm-hmm. transfers, but just even in the same practice, if I change my mind? Yeah,
2: so we, we really... So we don't have a hard rule, but the sort of the general uh, the general rule of thumb for us is that we don't like for new folks to join after the fourth group, because there is a little bit of you know trust that you have to have with those groups. Again, those people build these relationships; they're sharing very personal things about themselves. Um, so for us, we typically don't invite people after
1: that fourth group. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay, well let's talk about um, what a typical centering pregnancy visit is like. What happens? How long are they? Um, how like what are the topics as you move along? Mm-hmm.
2: So so for us, we have a it's it's nice we have a large sort of exercise room in our office that we utilize for our centering groups. So women will come into the office. We have a blood pressure cuff there that they take their own blood pressure. They take their own weight. Um, everybody that participates in centering pregnancy gets a book that um, they can keep track of their weight throughout their pregnancy, their blood pressure, their baby's heart rate. Um, so they write all their information in their book, and then the provider will take them over. We have a um, a little private corner with a screen where we're gonna do where we do the um, listen to the baby's heart rate and measure the the fundal height, and then just check in with the woman see if there's anything confidentially that she wanted to speak with just with the provider uh, before joining the group. Um, and then we all come together in a circle. We have an introduction and a little icebreaker. Check in with each other. And then there's about an hour and a half of discussion where we talk about different different topics. Um, and then the book that they have, it actually follows the topics um, you know, for each session so they know
1: in advance what we're going to be discussing. And then they have information they can refer back to later. Okay, so how are the, since they're getting a combination of their antenatal visit that they regularly would have with their healthcare provider, and then they're also having the additional time, how do you, do the healthcare providers, if the patients are doing their own weights and blood pressures, how how is their visit documented?
2: So when they come over for the one-on-one, they bring their book with them. Um, We use an electronic medical record at Providence. Um, So we just will ask them as we're listening to the baby's heartbeat, okay, what was your weight today? What was your blood pressure?
1: So on the healthcare side, you actually have everything right there at your fingertips, same as if you were in a one-on-one private exam room, Um, but you have the benefit of the patient also knowing and keeping track of trends and things as they go along and being responsible for their care kind of along the way. Exactly. Okay. Very good. Another question I had about the visits are like, what are some of the topics? Do the topics kind of mirror what is happening with the pregnancy that month? Like if I'm in, um, you know, the third month or fourth month, do you talk about screening? Do you talk about nutrition? Kind of how do they progress or are they kind of all over the place? Yeah. So the first group, we talk a lot about setting yourself
2: up for a healthy pregnancy. So we discuss, um, you know, optimal nutrition and weight gain in pregnancy, exercise, you know, what types of exercises women should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. Um, The second group is all about the common discomforts of pregnancy and relief measures, um, physical changes in pregnancy. What's normal? What's not normal? What would you need to call your provider about? There's a group that's all about breastfeeding. Um, We have a group all about uh, family planning and contraceptive options for after the baby is born. There's one on labor and birth, um, and then our practice, we do that one a little differently because we'll actually we'll take our clients over to the hospital after that group so we can give them a one-on-one tour of the hospital so they can actually walk through. This is where you'll check in. This is the room. This is the protocol for the hospital. Um, so that's really nice for, for women to be able to you know get that sense of how things are going to go.
1: Yeah, what a great experience. It really sounds like a, a lot of personalization it's, in the, yeah. the centering model um it also sounds to me like the patients get um even though i know part of it's in a group and the the group itself lends the kind of brain trust to some degree it sounds like in general they get more one-on-one time with the provider in a centering model than if i just ran in and got my monthly checkup privately in exam room is that a fair statement or- absolutely yeah you get it's
2: And it's a benefit for the provider as well as the patient. You get to really know your patients. And, you know, since you have eight to 10 of them in the group, instead of just the one-on-one, um, you know, you get to talk about these topics that are so important that typically in, you know, a regular routine OB visit, you would only have 10 or 15 minutes to discuss something like nutrition that is so, so important in pregnancy, but you know you really need a full hour to be able to discuss with people like again how to set yourself up for the the healthiest pregnancy possible
1: so do the do the facilitators the midwives that run the centering pregnancy model are the facilitators right mm-hmm. do the do you introduce a topic and then provide some education and then the women share experiences or mm-hmm. it sounds like it's variable but so so how do they participate?
2: Yeah. So again, there's a booklet. It's centering pregnancy is a really great type of group prenatal care because they set everything up for the providers to be able to very easily follow this template of, you know, even down to like, what is the icebreaker that we're going to do this week? What here are the topics? Um, here's the health assessment that people will do week to week. Um, so
1: so it's pretty structured. Yeah, it's, yeah. Abso- it's, it's not like, a free-for-all. No, it's no, no. No giant bitch session because you're miserable <laughs> in your pregnancy. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, well, I guess there's some of that going on, I'm sure. Well, and honestly, that can be very therapeutic yeah. for women to come together. To so, know they're not alone, especially, mm-hmm. or what other strategies people have used. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, another question I had was, you know, if, I, if I'm if i a pregnant woman, I decide to go into the group-centering model, mm-hmm. am I committing to a midwife delivery? Or what if I really want to be delivered by a doctor? Does delivery go along with centering?
2: No, no, not at all. Um, Most of the patients that come into centering and most of the patients that come to our practice come to our practice because they desire the midway-free model of Mm -hmm. care. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are several patients um, that, for example, our our practice, only the physicians will deliver at Emory-Johns Creek Hospital and the midwives only do their births at North Fulton Hospital. But there are oftentimes we'll have patients that um, plan on having their baby at Emory-Johns Creek Hospital. It's funny... um, Several of those, several of those patients end up at the at the end of the day deciding to come to North Fulton Hospital instead because when you develop that rapport and you develop that relationship and, and you that you don't trust, want to let it
1: go right when absolutely you, at you a want, critical you time. want to
2: know the person that's going to be with you for your birth.
1: Yeah, so I'm thinking, yeah, people tend to change their minds throughout, so it's good, it's flexible. Yes. I'm also thinking too of the high risk patients who would so benefit from the group, but they know they're going to have, to have mm-hmm. um, a C-section or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, so. It's kind of nice that it's flexible. I hadn't realized that. Mm -hmm. So, what if you are going through the centering pregnancy model? I show up in this visit, all is not going well. Like, Mm -hmm. what happens if, um, you know, I fall out on my, you know, gestational diabetic screening visit or I'm having a complication or my, you know, Mm -hmm. something that is not normal? What happens? Mm
2: So it depends on how serious the issue is. Um, you know, most problems that we that we talk with folks about in that little one-on-one time um, are things that can actually be worked out in the group. So, you know, we get the same things over and over again. Women will come in and say, I'm having this round ligament pain. I don't know what to do. I can't sleep. I have carpal tunnel. I have hemorrhoids. It's the same thing that women you know, that most women, most pregnant women um, are experiencing. And so oftentimes I'll say, you know, for for the, you know, the the little issues, like not little, but the, the, the less serious issues like that, I'll say, well, let's, why don't you bring that up in group today? I, you know, I guarantee you that somebody else is having that same issue. Now, if it's something that's more emergent, um, oftentimes we'll have them stay after the class so we can work through that or we'll schedule another visit. Um, and then, of course, you know, we work very closely with the physician in our office, Dr. Dunson Allen. Um, we collaborate with her, and so you know, we know when to refer. Um, patients to her specifically if if they're having um, serious issues that go outside
1: the scope of the practice. Yeah, like I'm midway. thinking like if I was totally normal with my blood pressure, but I checked in today and I'm like 180 over 120. Yeah. like so, Something needed <laughs> needed to be done. You could, We have access to a doctor all the time. Yes. And you did mention before that you'd schedule a visit in between as needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything tooling along, we're good to go. If anything falls out for whatever reason, we have access to a doctor and it can be handled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good to know. All right. So you've been doing this for? How, how long have you yourself been in the centering pregnancy kind of model? So
2: I've been doing it with, with Providence for the, the full year and a half that I've been there, but the, the practice has been doing it for several years.
1: Okay. So for a lot of patients, in other words, going through the model, yes. not, not a new model. So um, what are some of the benefits that you see or that the patients tell you, both clinically what you see and also after it's all over, what kind of feedback do you get on the model?
2: Yeah. So the biggest benefit is honestly the increased knowledge that the patients um, receive, you know, for them to be able to get this information and then um, have, you know, have that sort of like autonomy and ownership over their healthcare. I'll see women come in um, that, especially younger women um, that um, may be smoking that we'll talk about, you know, how, why exactly that is a problem. and. You know, as women, so many times we, we won't change things for our own health, but we will do things for our baby. And so, you know, a lot of times it's, it's really interesting to see how women will, you know, change their diet. They'll start exercising, they'll stop smoking, they'll change their, um, they'll change their lifestyle habits to be able to, to benefit their child. And a lot of it is just being able to give them that information so they can make those choices, um, There's also decreased wait time. So that's one of the really nice things about um, centering is that we're always going to start an end on time, as opposed to the one-on-one visits where sometimes your provider might be running behind, they might have an emergency work in, or they might have to run over to the hospital. With centering in our office, the provider that is facilitating centering that day, that's all they have in their schedule. So it is really nice for women, especially working women that have to schedule around their own work to be able to say, I know that it's going to start at 9 a.m. and I know that I'm going to be out of there by 11 a.m. every day.
1: Yeah, that brings up a good challenge. You talked before about recruitment. I'm sure working moms is a big challenge, just both on the recruitment side. You just mentioned a situation where it's to their benefit because if I know I have to go for my one on one antepartum checkup, I don't know if the doctor's going to have to run out for a delivery or if I'm going to be waiting because they're an hour behind, it is kind of unknown where you know a class time is going to start and end at the same time. So I get consistent, mm. but... Um, I mean, I'm just wondering, do do you offer any options for working moms or are all of the group times like eight to five when a working mm-hmm. mom would be working?
2: So currently we only do during the day, you know, during the day. And that's typically how prenatal care works. So for mm-hmm. most women, they, you they're you used to that. Yeah. They know and that, that they're going to have to come between of the office hours. We have explored doing either a night or a weekend class, um, but currently we're Our our practice doesn't have enough
1: providers to be able to do that right now. Okay, all right. So maybe in the future, that'd Mm -hmm. be an option. I'm also wondering, because of the support group relationships that they build, do the women keep in touch post- like, I'm thinking if I went, I'm just trying to picture myself, if I went through my whole pregnancy with this woman, I get close to them. We're kind of going through the same things. At At some point, I'm going to deliver and then I might have a question or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do they have a way to keep in contact or do they keep, do you find that they keep in contact post-delivery? Yeah.
2: It totally depends on the group. We have some groups that have stayed in very close contact with each other after the babies are born. They have they basically have formed like a new mom's group to support each other. Um, and then other groups, you know, maybe they just didn't click or it, it didn't have that same sort of mm-hmm. dynamic.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on the people in the group. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so the group kind of makes itself. So are there any pitfalls or downside to centering pregnancy that you've found over time?
2: Um, so. So honestly, one of the things that is hard for folks to be able is, is like I said, the scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, another issue is that um, one of the rules of centering is that you cannot bring your children. So that can be mm-hmm. difficult for some people that don't have child care. Um, we found that it is really difficult to have, you know, a meaningful dialogue and for people to be open. If you have small children running mm-hmm. around um, or listening in on conversations, that could be, you know, a little bit more mature than than what they should. Mm-hmm. Um So, and then, you know, the other thing is just, again, like the recruitment can be really difficult. So, you know, we've had several groups where, We, you know, we've started out with two or three people or maybe even like four or five people. And then slowly, like people have dropped out for whatever reason. We've had to combine like different months Mm -hmm. before. So there are some groups where you'll have, it'll be full. Like every week you'll have 10 people there and their, you know, their partners will come with them. And then you'll have another group where you're just sort of like struggling to keep it going. Mm
1: -hmm. It's kind of like a vacation. We don't quite know what we're getting. And the people, people make the experience kind of along the way to some degree. Yeah. Um, well, it certainly sounds like a really good option for a lot of people. I know that in the process of considering something new, one of the questions that a lot of people get is uh, has to do with um, do health insurance covers it or is it extra cost or mm-hmm. kind of what is that whole scenario? So I'm guessing that since it really is their antenatal care, they're just kind of getting a longer visit than if they would have if they showed up one-on-one, mm-hmm. that most health insurance companies pay just like they would antenatal care. Is that a fair statement?
2: It's just like the prenatal care. It comes as part of the global fee. Um, you know, there can be uh, a time, there can be a benefit for the providers, um, in that if you do have a a nice sized group, um, instead of having to, you know, to have those, those patients each taking up, you know, Mm -hmm. 15 to 30 minutes on your schedule week to week, you then have, you know, 10 people coming for them. Exactly.
1: Uh And then, um, is there ever is there a cost to the practice? You mentioned before that on the practice side, mm-hmm. I'm sure the healthcare companies probably don't reimburse this. But if you have to keep up certification and you're paying for space and things mm-hmm. like that, is there a little expense to the practice?
2: Yeah, so there's actually it's a, an annual fee that you pay to be a part of Centering to be registered with Centering Pregnancy, um, and then the books we buy the books for our patients. So it's you know a, a minimal fee. But you know we absorb the cost of that. We don't charge patients to. to okay, to be so a part it of sounds
1: centering. like each practice that offers a centering pregnancy program may have a little nominal charge here mm-hmm. and there, depending upon wh- how they choose to administer their program. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Um, so it's good to know that there's coverage for that. It's not. It's because it seems like a lot more time. There's a commercial on TV now. That's uh, why pay one percent. Why pay. 50% more for like 1% of the value. It seems like if my antenatal visit was five minutes for a belly check and whatever, and now I get an hour and a half, it'd be like a great value. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like it'd be like a great value. Yep. For or bang for your buck. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, one of the big things I'm interested in is talking about outcomes compared uh-huh. to a traditional model. So if I, if my sister went through the traditional one-on-one with her provider, and I went through group centering model what do you, what, because it's been around now for a long time, uh-huh. what are the outcomes saying about the pregnancy outcomes? So there
2: have been, like I said, there's, there's been a lot of data collected on centering and some really, really fascinating research. Um, one of the biggest, um one of the biggest benefits of centering is that we found that it's helped to lower preterm birth rates. So um, some of the studies have shown um, anywhere between 33 to 40, 47 percent reduction in preterm birth. Um, there also uh, are studies that show that it improves uh, breastfeeding success rates. Um, it has it also in, um, decreases the um, the incidence of low birth weight babies, um, reduc- reduce risk of gestational diabetes for folks that join, um, improved postpartum follow up. Um, and then one of the really interesting things to sort of look at with those with those numbers is how does that affect financially the cost of healthcare? So in South Carolina, they had done a five year study with the University of South Carolina um, in uh, uh, I think it wrapped up in twenty twelve. Um, where they were able to find that um, in in their state, the program that they were the program that they had instituted with centering pregnancy reduced the risk of premature birth by thirty six percent, and they were able to then quantify that, saying that it, on average, over twenty two thousand dollars for every premature birth um, was saved because of that. And then in twenty thirteen. They expanded the Centering Project um, and then found, from because of that um, investment, um, to, to open up an additional 11 healthcare um, centers and centering in Centering in South Carolina, they were able to um, lower the um, NICU admissions, low birth weight babies, and preterm births came to about uh, over $6 million in um, Medicaid savings just in that baby's first year of life alone.
1: Yeah, it sounds pretty dramatic. I know uh, in women's telehealth, we have done similar studies with inserting high-risk into a centering model. And in one high-risk area of Georgia, we were able to decrease the preterm birth rate from 18% to 8 mm. And it's the same thing. These would have been uh, preterm births costing... Probably an average of a hundred grand for a length of stay on an mm-hmm. average preterm NICU baby. So twenty two k sounds like a pretty big incentive. So that begs the question: like in general, in Georgia or in the South or in the U S, are centering pregnancy programs growing?
2: So I can't speak to the state. I know that there are not many practices in Metro Atlanta that offer centering. We're one of few practices that, that, that do, but I think that it is a fantastic model as, you know, patient, patient satisfaction rates are somewhere around in the, in the mid to um, in around like 90 to 95% patients love it because they do get that one-on-one care with their providers. And honestly, providers love it too. You get to develop that relationship with your patients. You get to know, you get to know them. You get to have you know, that sense of, um, you know, being able to have an impact on a direct impact on somebody's life. Um, so it can be very frustrating sometimes when you have just that 15-minute scheduled window and a patient comes in and they have, you know, a laundry list of issues and you want to sit down and talk to them for an hour and help them work through it. But you just, you've got, you, have an you know, office
1: scheduled to 30 other people of. you got to talk yeah, to. Yeah. 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 So that does make it nice. I'm wondering because the statistics that you kind of rattled off there were so dramatic, Um, Did the study or have any of the studies kind of dug a little deeper on why they're getting that results like is it just maybe more education Mm -hmm. or is it that they report earlier or what has the why was that like why did they get that those good of results
2: so I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I would assume that it has to do with the education and then just patients taking responsibility for their own health, like knowing what they need to do and then feeling that sense of ownership over, um, okay, I do need to take control of, you know, what I'm eating or here's an exercise that somebody in the group suggested that I do, or, um, you know, just, especially like with blood pressure, with blood sugars um, and weight gain. It's just
1: something that we talk about so often in the groups. Um, so while you're talking, I'm thinking compliance. You know what, CW, mm-hmm. I'm thinking this is like if you're on a diet, you know, you're going to have to report in and be It's weight. like Weight Watchers. It's yeah. Like, wait, yeah, I'm thinking it's like <laughs> Weight Watchers for pregnancy. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm, like if I, you mentioned smoking. Uh-huh. So like if I'm trying to quit and I know next week I'm going to show or next month, I'm going to show up and they're going to say, so how have you been doing? You know, in my group, I'm going to want to answer, well, or if I, you're almost like training in Mm self-care, kind of getting the habit going early that they need to think of themselves. But it sounds like the accountability part of participating in the group might have a bigger, uh, you know, effect than maybe we guessed, not just the education, but the group accountability maybe. And I think uh, I think another
2: part of it is just the patients are are literally writing it down in a book that they're taking and bringing with them to every single class. So they're actually plotting out their weight gain, like every other week. They're they're looking at their blood pressures and seeing the trends there. Um, You know, we're talking about you know fetal kick counts. We're talking about um, growth. So it's something that. Again, when they have that knowledge and they can see where they need to be, then they have those goals. And, and you know, again, we're doing that health assessment at every visit. They're, you know, they know what they need to be doing and then they're evaluating, okay, where do I need
1: to be now? Well, I think that's really important. I can think of a patient that we had in the last week that was a, a little bit on the higher risk, but not so much. And um, she reported in that she was fine at her visit and she was a first-time mom. And you kind of make assumptions about what first-time moms know and they don't. But when she called the office on a Monday to her provider, she had not felt the baby move for two days and we had a fetal loss. But I think if she would have known about kick counts or you need to feel the baby move, you know, in a class or something, uh, maybe there could have been an intervention there. I think she just didn't know to call. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that may have been a preventable thing that when we assume people are educated, a lot of times they don't have moms or they don't get it in the 15 minutes that they come to the office or whatever. So that's important. Um, I have a question, Anna, because you were talking about they take their book homes. Do they actually have homework in between?
2: No, I, n- not really. They're supposed to do their health assessment before they come, but a lot of times um, the the clients will do that, you know, while they're sitting and waiting for us to pull them back for their belly.
1: Okay, check. so it's not time intensive. There's not no. like a program that they go home. No, okay. more than anything, it's more like a <laughs> I'm resource like school. I'm yeah, not going no, back no. to school
0: to have this baby,
1: right? It's I don't know, it might be a good idea. <laughs> I sometimes think we ought to not get out of you know like high school till we have yeah. more education about how to. Well, goes.
2: and honestly, there are so many resources out there right now. It can be overwhelming. People are always saying, oh, what book should I read? What, you know, what, what type of, what type of, should I do Lamage? Should I do Bradley? Should I do Hypno Babies? So, you know, to be able to give Everybody like the same resource, and then be able to talk through, you know, all those all those specific talking talking points that you're covering. All those topics. Do you
1: mind sharing the resource that you? Is there a resource this through the segner, Centering Institute? Mm-hmm. Is that one that you yeah, use? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So
2: Centering Pregnancy it's a it's a small little yellow book, and Got it says it. Centering
1: Pregnancy on it, and it's mm-hmm. set up to go all the way through the program. Mm-hmm, exactly. Very good. Well, we have covered a lot of ground today. I do want to. Um, besides talking about models and statistics and things, I know people remember stories. And I know Mm -hmm. just you probably have so many stories where you've actually seen transformation of patients that maybe um, come in a little bit high risk and then kind of get the confidence and the extra support or um, you know, just even with additional monitoring or additional time, they have a pretty dramatic change. Can you just, without naming names, kind of just share some patient story where you think, the centering model really made a difference.
2: you know honestly there are so many it's it's really it's a really hard question to answer. i think i think the thing that kind of stands out for me the most about centering is um so oftentimes the groups are set up so that by group 10 um uh, you know several folks in the group have already had their babies and we encourage them, you know, to bring their babies to that group 10 and then they can tell their birth story. And that can be, it can just be so beautiful to watch the sort of relationships grow between these women and, you know, with their provider to be able to be with them from, you know, as their provider, to be with them from that first visit where we do the ultrasound and, you know, we can see the baby's heartbeat to then telling them like, you're having a boy or a girl, Mm -hmm. you know, to being in the group with them week to week. And then, being with them for their birth and then having them bring their baby in and tell their story and tell it in a way that, you know, we tell women, like, this is it can this is the hardest thing. It is the hardest thing to have a baby. It is hard work. But if you can do this, you can do anything. And that is so empowering for women and to be able to share their stories with the other women in the group. It is just it is just really wonderful.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I wish I had found you when I had my baby. <laughs> you know, I went the old school way and I'm thinking I missed out now that uh. I've, heard, I've heard this <laughs> session. So that's very good. So before we close and let people know how to reach you in your group, are there any takeaways um, that you want people to remember about the Centering Program or what to remember? Um, you
2: know, it's, it's, I, I love it as a provider. Like I said, it, it makes me feel, I love my centering days. It makes me feel like those are the days that I feel like I'm doing the best work. Um, I know the patients love it. Um, and you know, seeing the results both statistically and then the anecdotes that we
1: have coming out of it has just been, it's just been wonderful. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned at the beginning of the show when I was asking how you became, why you became a woodman. you talked a lot about referencing the difference that you made with your own two hands. Yeah. I get to.
2: My own hands that the baby comes out and I, I'm like literally putting the baby on the mom's chest. I get to give yes. her this thing. You know, she grew a human. Yes. She grew a human being for ten months. Like you get to give her her baby and yeah. experience what a that moment. What yeah. a
1: reward! A special, special reward. We especially think about this this time of year too. So we really appreciate you being here. Let's let the listeners know if they have more questions or they're interested in the centering model. Um, or exploring that certainly as an option for their process, how do we get a hold of um, the practice?
2: Yeah. So you can um, uh, you can go to our website, which is providencewomenshealthcare.com. Um, our phone number is 770-670-6170. Um, we're also on Facebook and we update that pretty regularly. So if you just go to Facebook backslash
1: Providence Midwifery, you'll find us there. That sounds great. Well, CW, boy, that went quick,
0: didn't it? It goes by fast. It goes
1: by. We wish pregnancy sometimes went by that fast. (laughs) It's probably a good thing it doesn't. But anyways, Anna, thank you so much. You've been a great guest. We've learned a lot and it's very encouraging the work that you're doing. And um, we'll work collectively to get more centering pregnancy options around us instead of fewer. We'll hopefully have more in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Make sure you go by womenstelehealth.com to learn more about the high-risk maternal-fetal specialty care that Tanya and her staff are offering to hospitals and medical practices around various communities to increase the the level of acuity that they're able to keep there in their office or hospital and and to the benefit of obviously those patients, as Tanya was saying, their their outcomes are are, are mirroring some of the things that Anna was talking about today. If you've not done so already, go to the upper left-hand corner of the show page. The Apple logo will take you over to the Top Docs Radio Show podcast and you can subscribe subscribe to us so each week the new episode will be downloaded straight to your device ready for you to check out when it's convenient for you. We hope you turn around and share this information with your social media networks. You may be putting information out that really helps somebody that you care about. You didn't even know it. All you did was click share. It was a pleasure getting to meet you Anna. Thanks for coming into the studio after An (laughs) all-nighter taking (laughs) care of good out babies. It was a
2: joy. It was a joy. Thank (laughs) you for
0: inviting me. Well, we certainly appreciate you sharing the great information and everybody out there that made us a part of your day. And Tanya, really appreciate you.
1: Yeah. Happy holidays all to everyone out there. And we'll see you in the new year. That's
0: right. Here we go.